0: Welcome to What Are We Even Doing? I'm your host, Rochelle, and each week I talk to interesting people about what they're making, reading, watching, creating, and doing. We've got a movie review episode this week, so check the show notes if you don't want any spoilers. Enjoy! Welcome back to What Are We Even Doing, the movie review versions that we've been doing while sheltering in place here in our home. I'm here with my husband, Greg. Hello. And this week we watched Toy Story 4.
1: Yep, that was the first one.
0: We've been putting it off for a while um, because I don't know why you said you didn't think that you would like it.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan usually of multiple sequels. Um, And plus, we were kind of watching other Pixar movies, so I didn't want to watch all Pixar movies, kind of.
0: Yeah, but I wanted to see it because I heard it was good, but actually I found it a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I wasn't
1: that into it. Um,
0: Yeah, we had to watch it two nights because you fell asleep (laughs) the first night.
1: I mean, as usual, like the other Pixar movies, it was super great animation and stuff and well, well done. But like, I just feel like they're just, uh, wringing every last ounce they can out of that franchise. And
0: I think it seemed like this one kind of wrapped it up though. Right. Don't you think? I think so. I, I I don't think there'll be any, well, yeah, I mean, spoiler, Woody went off to be a lost toy. Um, I feel like, so although I like the plot of the movie and that it focused on Bo Peep and how she, kind of made a new life after she was abandoned it still the whole like message of the movie was about woody and his devotion to his kid his child and how he just will do whatever it takes to make the kid happy or something right but and often at his peril
1: and often I think Woody's ego is a little bit out of yes. control. Like yes, he yes. it has to always be about him and yes. the kid has to have the toys and blah blah blah.
0: Yeah. I mean in in this movie he was putting his team in danger, like, repeatedly because of his own ego.
1: And a little bit at times against their will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was like blowing up the missions just to be a dick or whatever.
1: Well not what if he was trying to be a dick. I think he kinda of, yeah, was too into his own thing or whatever not seeing the big picture of things maybe
0: sometimes Yeah. yeah. how
1: much credit do you give to a toy I guess um, (laughs) so I'm glad that they kind of ended it and at the end at least he kind of finally moved on or whatever yeah
0: right 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 yeah yeah and Buzz Lightyear had to be the voice of reason which was (laughs) kind of weird yeah um I would recommend it for families or kids it's a it's a fine movie yeah Um, I probably would give it like I'd give it three stars, I guess. Two and a half.
1: It I'm, wasn't bad. At the same. Two and a half or three. Um, again, well done and stuff, but it's just like, kind of how many times are you going to tell this story? like
0: Yeah. Know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: just okay. Two and a half, three stars for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So, the next movie we watched was um, Hail Caesar, which is a Coen Brothers movie starring George Clooney. I really didn't know anything about what this was about before we watched it.
1: I barely knew. I mean, I remember kind of seeing ads about it when it came out or whatever and I kind of thought it was more of a comedy. It was yeah. it was comedic, I mean, in yeah. some ways, but Yeah.
0: It did have some comedic elements, but I wouldn't really call it it wasn't like a comedy. Yeah. It was a pretty good story. Um I don't know. I was I, I knew they didn't get, like, really good reviews. It didn't do very well, but I knew it was, like, kind of critically acclaimed. Like, critics liked it.
1: I kind of thought it was just okay. I mean...
0: It was just, yeah, I, I, would, I would give it, like, a three or something. It was, like, watchable and interesting, but...
1: To me, the way they did it was kind of... I didn't really like it that much. Some parts were interesting. Uh, is it set in the 40s, I guess, yeah. or something? Yeah.
0: Well, that's how the Coen brothers are. They're a little bit, I don't know you call it, like avant-garde. or Like, it was realistic but slightly surreal, you know?
1: Yeah. Just like certain things seemed like distractions to the movie and the story, like the whole thing, like a super extended singing and dancing scene, (laughs) which has nothing to do with the movie. They could have shown a little bit of it to give you a flavor of it. But instead, they had this super long, like, tap dancing and singing thing, which was cool in and of itself. I mean, it was good tap dancing or whatever, but, like, right. did nothing for the plot or anything, I don't think.
0: It was a good number, but I feel like it was kind of to introduce us to the Burt character. But it really showed us nothing about him. Oh. And I didn't know how he even fit in with the whole studio thing. I mean, I had no idea that he was, like, some big superstar.
1: Right. So well, it seemed like he was the star of that movie or whatever, so I kind of figured yeah. he must have been some kind of movie star kind of guy. But then, unless I missed parts, it didn't really point at him being involved in the whole kidnapping heist and stuff at first.
0: No, right. Well, that
1: Was he in charge of it? He ended up getting the money, I know, and stuff. No,
0: and they even said when they had kidnapped um, George Clooney's character, they didn't mention it because he asked whose house it was, or he said something like, "Oh wow, communists must pay like really well, or whatever. Oh, right, Communism right. must pay really well." You live in this sweet house, and they're like, "Oh no, it's someone it belongs
1: of- to another member of the book club yeah, or the right. club, or what did they
0: say? I don't know. Yeah, study or, group,
1: study group, something yeah. like that. Yeah, they were trying to call themselves.
0: Yeah, so they didn't say who the owner was then, and then we didn't know until the cowboy like saw him with the suitcase at the restaurant, and right. then, Like followed him,
1: and it just seemed like. So was it kind of a essay on socialism and communism? Because they didn't really... I mean, that's kind of like the basis of the whole thing, why they did it.
0: Right. But then
1: that's, they didn't really yeah. talk that much about communism, really.
0: That's the part I didn't get either. Like, why is there this big communist plot when it doesn't... I don't know. I just thought it didn't really add to the story.
1: And I don't know either. So was the whole time the ransom money was supposed to go to the Russians? Or they were trying to get it for themselves, or because when they were when they kidnapped him and they got George Clooney to that beach house or whatever and they're chatting him up and stuff and trying to blackmail him basically and yeah. stuff, um, it seemed like the writers who were this little group, yeah, the movie writers and yeah. this and the thing that they were pissed because they weren't getting enough money,
0: right? So yeah. I thought
1: the money was going to be for them,
0: yeah. Well, they didn't. Channing Tatum didn't ask for the money. They offered it up right. to the cause, and it's like. Why the fuck would you do that?
1: I don't know enough about the history. Was there really like that much pro communism things in that era? Like
0: was Yes. There... Yeah. Don't you remember that?
1: Well I remember the government, you know, being against it and trying to find commies and all that kind
0: yeah, of stuff. Yeah, there was a whole thing in Hollywood where they were like people were like narking each other out for being communists. It was like the witch hunt of the of the time.
1: And was it ever found out to be like the Russians were really involved? Like I mean, it's a Honestly, movie, but the whole thing with, where the submarine comes to the beach house was kind of like, hey, yeah hey, that's whatever, like, come on. Yeah,
0: that was pretty preposterous.
1: I mean, maybe that was supposed to be kind of funny, too, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, the chances of them, like, rowing their boat out to exactly where the freaking <laughs> submarine was going to, where the submarine was going to surface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, right. anyway, it was all right. Yeah.
1: I thought it was just kind of a little—I don't know what—not cohesive, maybe, or something. Like, yeah,
0: it had a, yeah, it was kind of messy a little bit.
1: I thought George Cooney was going to be more of the star of the movie too. That's what reason.
0: I thought too. Yeah, but it's actually Josh Brolin, That's and good. he was really he was good. Pretty
1: good. I mean, he's better as Thanos, but you, know. <laughs> you
0: think? <laughs> I don't know. His character was okay, and I thought the whole thing with the lock offer and everything, and then he goes to the confession and the priest tells him to do the right thing or whatever and it's like neither of these things is the right thing to do the lockheed job would have been better
1: he kept saying how even though it was hard that the the movie job seemed right or something and the other one was just like the lockheed was just a a good job with good money, or you know yeah. that kind of stuff. So. so, the
0: priest just wanted him to get the fuck out of there, so he could go back to bed. Well,
1: Basically, you can see the guy was exasperated. Yeah, he would go to confession every day. Oh, sorry, Father, it's been <laughs> twenty-seven hours since my yeah. last confession. And the guy's yeah, like
0: showing up at midnight. Ah, okay. <laughs> First of all, priests don't do confession like on call. They have hours. Maybe you're a rich movie executive.
1: <laughs> they, they do. Maybe he gets automated the church or something. Maybe. Churches run on money. Yeah, sure.
0: I guess. Yeah, um, it was okay. But again, I don't see
1: that. So was his big dilemma of which career to choose or whatever somehow tied in with the whole communism plot, like overarching? Uh, to me... To it, me, not cohesive. I don't know. It didn't seem to really fit and make sense that much with the story.
0: I don't know. To me, I felt like the reason that he ended up keeping the job as the, the running the studio as he felt like it was almost like a martyr type thing. Like, this place can't get by without me. I just think
1: he liked it. Even though that it was hard stuff, I think he liked the drama and
0: the chaos. Yeah, like he like, was thriving on the chaos and the drama and shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it seemed like a much more interesting job than working for an airline building company or whatever that was.
0: I guess, but when they said in 10 years you could retire and be like as rich, never have to work again, I mean, that seems pretty sweet. <laughs> Unless you could like what you're doing. Yeah, right? I, guess. I mean, I feel like that, I feel like his job was, like, driving him to his death.
1: He didn't seem to ever be that stressed out about it. He I kind know, of took it, was it all in stride cool. and was, didn't seem ever that mad when he had to work late at night or do everything or all those things. Like, I don't know. He,
0: like, slapped a woman, like, a couple of times. Then he slapped the shit out of George Clooney. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't think it was that funny when he slapped a woman. But I thought that was just more of a trying to show of that era yeah
0: so, I, it. it's, I used
1: to read like a bunch of like old like from that era detective novels and stuff and that's kind of how the <laughs> detectives act you know they did that to women and that's how they treated people and stuff And but it was super funny what he did to George Clooney
0: yeah he just the <laughs> shit out of him <laughs> one thing that I thought was and just... he
1: totally cowed him I thought George oh, yeah. Clooney <laughs> would be more of a strong character <laughs> be a movie star or whatever but right. he was just like oh yes sir or whatever yep kinda. yep yep
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Well, when you first see George Clooney, he's playing this um, Roman leader and he, so I guess it's just, you're projecting like whatever onto him, like he's playing a tough guy role. So you must, you assume he must be a tough man and like a strong man and stuff. But I
1: didn't think so much of that. I just thought he was like an entitled rich movie star. They kept talking about he'd go on benders and he kind of seemed like he always got his way. They'd be like, oh, okay, well we know he's fucking the movie up but he'll come back tomorrow and right, it will be right, fine right. you know yeah. And which I'm sure that happens being in Hollywood all the time if you have a star or you yeah, indulge yeah. them or whatever to get get them to do what you want
0: the um, behind the scenes like Hollywood stuff was pretty interesting though like how <laughs> when he was giving when George Clooney was giving his big movie speech at the end and he like forgot his line right. and everyone they're showing all these people getting all like teary eyed listening right. to his speech and then he like can't remember the line and they're just like oh it's okay and the, his uh the fellow actor was like "Ah, oh, you made it almost all the way through <laughs> right or the what, another funny part was when they were getting reaction shots of him seeing Jesus
1: <laughs> right
0: he kept acting, shouting these notes to him look more anguished
1: <laughs> yeah not bad I definitely wouldn't give it more than a three, maybe. Stars. Yeah, I'll say
0: two and three quarters. I don't think it was as good as Shawshank. No. It was like almost, he was. it was like pretty much to that level, but Shawshank did edge it out a little bit by being more cohesive and having like a better story arc or whatever. Right. And there was a lot of like random shit kind of thrown in, but I guess that's a Coen Brothers movie. I mean, they, they do kind of.
1: I've liked other Coen Brothers movies that seem to have better stories and that where the story like holds together at least. I don't know. And the random parts kind of make sense, in you know, in some way, or they, you know, reflect or show something about the, the story or the characters or something.
0: Well, if you think about it as the story of Eddie Mannix, the mm-hmm. guy who's running the studio, Josh Brolin's character, and his like journey, then those kind of things do a little bit make sense because it's all shit that he has to deal
1: with. Yeah, but it almost seemed like the story was about the kidnapping.
0: But I feel like that's what. Yeah, I feel like that's what you like, think it is, The but story's it's actually... pulled too
1: far in two different directions or something, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Uh, eh,
0: just it was, okay. It was all right. Yeah. yeah. I, I would... Hmm. I would
1: mildly recommend it if yeah, you like the actors them... or something or like that. I don't yeah. know.
0: Yeah. I'd give a mild recommendation for it.
1: It was kind of funny to see... I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who played Han Solo in the newer yeah. Solo movie. Uh-huh. This is the only other thing I've seen him in. He was pretty good. as a his kind of dumb actor part you know yep. the cowboy actor <laughs> anyways what do you think of scarlett johansson's accent and all her stuff
0: <laughs> that was another thing that i was like it didn't really contribute to so that's what i'm saying like it didn't really contribute to the story unless you are thinking that the story is this guy is constantly putting out fires because right. they made, like, a huge deal of her being pregnant and, like, all this other shit. And then it kind of, like, solved itself. I, I feel like that's what the actual story was. That he has all this shit going on. All these different fires that he's putting out all the time. And his journey through, through that.
1: I don't know. In a way, I kind of almost think the most amusing part of the movie for me was, number one, how in the... Uh, you know when they're showing the rating and it's like coarse language, whatever. Oh. And they said smoking. <laughs> yeah. And then sure enough, man, they smoked oh, the they movie smoked like crazy. So and I know they they smoked a lot more in that, you know, generation, but like yeah. it was funny there's like always smoking.
0: Yeah. And Everybody one of the smoking? one of the like runners was right. that the wife wanted him to quit smoking and he kept smoking sneaking cigarettes. Right. Cool, 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 cool. We're actually running out of movies to watch. We. <laughs>
1: I feel like we're running out of good movies to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's plenty of content out there. <laughs> but that's true. But we seem true. to be discovering that much of it is apparently to us, not to our taste at least.
0: Yeah. A lot of it is garbage. Um, I was trying to be nice, but yeah. You don't have to be nice. It's our, it's our vodka. <laughs> But we, Okay. But we did see a couple things. The first one that we saw was Onward, which is, I guess, the latest Pixar movie, right?
1: I don't know. I don't really follow that much. I think it was
0: just recently released. Um, It seemed like it was new. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a story of two brothers who were elves or something?
1: I think they were elves, yeah. Yeah.
0: It didn't really go into it. They live in like a magical world where there's elves and... Minotaurs and stuff. Yes. Centaurs, etc. So the plot of the movie is that these two brothers and their mom live in this enchanted world that's but it's modern because everybody forgot about magic because other stuff was like easier right it was just easier to have like house lights that you flick on with a switch it's like a fantasy world but yeah with modern yeah conveniences or whatever yeah i guess i don't know because (laughs) people don't want to go through the effort of learning magic or whatever um and so there's no dad um died i guess when the younger son was before he was born i guess as we find out Right, yeah. And so he's presented with this magic wand and crystal on his 16th birthday. It was a, like a gift from his dad that is, he told the mom to give the boy on his 16th birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then and they have an adventure. And I thought it was pretty good. It, it uh, As far as Pixar movies go, this wasn't one of the better ones in my mind. Yeah.
1: I thought it was pretty good overall. And... As with all the Pixar ones, it was technically very well done. Yeah,
0: yeah. Some of the animation was really, really excellent.
1: The more I watch them, the more I just and I might have said this in a previous podcast, but like the characters themselves don't look like a human or a real person, although they have great, you know, emotional features on their expressions yeah. and stuff. But like the surrounding world and stuff, and like different things like yeah. water and grass or whatever. Yeah, like super hair, like yeah. really, really realistic. Yeah.
0: The older brother is played by Chris Pratt, and the younger brother is Tom Holland, and I actually thought they were pretty good. And I, I actually thought Chris Chris Pratt was very good voice acting. He
1: was I can really. Good. I'm always terrible at telling what star is doing a voice for some reason, mm-hmm. but um, this ended up having like quite a few like pretty big names and. Yeah. I thought they did really good and good casting.
0: Yeah, so I'd say three. I would give it a three. It was like on par with Toy Story 4 where it was good.
1: I gave it a three also. I liked it more than Toy Story 4 just because it was a, at least it was kind of a fresh story. Yeah, Mm (laughs) yeah. Not a rehashed, you
0: know, three
1: previous times like Toy Story was. That's true. Um, They had a pretty funny dialogue a lot of times yeah, and stuff mm-hmm. it was like
0: yeah yeah and we've been looking for a comedy to watch and haven't really found any that were very good so at least this was funny the jokes were funny
1: right was, what are those I pixar you know family yeah f- friendly and funny you know yeah. movies or whatever heartwarming you
0: know. yeah kind of absurdly funny okay yeah, that's a pretty good jokes in it stuff yeah, yeah yeah i thought so yeah yeah, the, yeah some of the jokes like with the with this, Is it a centaur? A half man, half horse?
1: Yeah, the mom's boyfriend. Yeah. Right, yeah.
0: Yeah, some of <laughs> those jokes are pretty funny. Right. Okay. Are you ready for some spoilers? Sure. So they go on this adventure. So what happens is, if you've seen the movie, they do the spell and something happens. So the spell is to bring the dad back for one more day. And um, while they're doing it, Something happens. I think the brother, the older brother is always like barging in and trying to like lead the little one, the younger one. He's not really 16. And kind of like fucking shit up or whatever. So the dad's only like half. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty funny. I mean, that's like you said, it's very uh, original story. It was a funny
1: like gimmick because he had only legs, you know, and no top half. So he couldn't talk or see or do anything. So he's stumbling about. But somehow he could still hear it seemed like. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. They would say dad and, like, call to him. But I don't know if he really did hear. Or if that's just, like, something that you would do even if someone couldn't right. hear you. Because you, that's how we communicate. Um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. I thought it was a pretty... I mean, the the little, like, challenges that they met up with seemed, you know... I mean, mm-hmm. not realistic, but at least, right. you know, like, it made sense in the story and stuff. And it was... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was... Stuff that you weren't like super shocked when it happened, although the ending
1: was shocked, yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. And I, like of on, on my notes, it said story just okay until the I called it the moral reveal at the end. It was pretty good throughout Those. What kids, do you I mean
0: thought.
1: by that? Well, more we doing spoilers, so like, yeah. you know, in these movies, usually there's like the happy ending, like the dad would have came right. all the way back to life and met the sons finally yes. and stuff, but uh, he didn't, he yeah. like basically ran out of time or whatever, right. And then, he did
0: come all the way back to life, but he was only able to talk to the older brother. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But we didn't see that. No, we saw him talking to the older brother. but the, Did we? Yeah. maybe They showed that? Like, yeah, they totally showed it. Okay. They showed them having, like, we couldn't hear it. It was Tom Holland's character was watching it. He had to fight off a dragon so that the dad could fully come back to life. And the younger boy, what was his name? So we didn't Ian. hear it.
1: We just like kind of yeah. saw it through his eyes. Or so right? the
0: younger one is Ian and the older one is Barley. He's like 18 and, and Ian is 16. And the brothers have a fight because Barley's always like trying to make, I don't know, trying to like guide Ian. And Ian's like, well, I don't need you to tell me what to do or whatever. And Barley does seem kind of like a blunder or whatever. Like he's a little.
1: Right. He's a well-meaning Kind of goofy guy or whatever, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But the younger brother finally kind of blows up at him and whatever, insults him and tells him off or whatever. Right.
0: But then comes to realize that Barley has Mm -hmm. actually been his father figure through his whole life, like taught him everything, you know, guided him through everything.
1: I like the use of how the, is it Ian the younger one? Yeah. So he kept making these lists like, whatever, don't be a loser, do this today, you know, trying to like learn how to drive and all these kind Mm -hmm. of things. And then he had the list for things he wanted to do with the dad when he got to meet him and then at the end of course he realizes you know the brother was
0: yeah he's checked up all those with his brother yeah
1: so to me the moral reveal is like he always had what he wanted all along yes
0: yeah exactly right
1: which is a good lesson in life you know yeah
0: yeah so So it was good I would recommend it
1: I would recommend it I don't think I liked it as much as a couple of the other Pixar ones
0: yeah it's definitely not as good as Coco or Up yeah but
1: definitely better than Toy Story (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think it edges Toy Story out. They're they're kind of on the same level for me.
1: Anyways, I'd recommend this one. Nice. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, then the next movie we watched was The Lobster. And, um, you know, like I said, we, we've been trying to find a comedy that's not, like, just flat-out stupid. Which I don't mind dumb comedies, but as long as they're funny. But I don't want something that's dumb and not funny. Dumb right. isn't enough. So, this movie was on uh Netflix list of top dark comedies to watch and the trailer seemed i think they might have shown all the jokes in the trailer it was it seemed funny right ish the i one mean joke it was they dark. Tell in the
1: trailer was a really good one and that probably was the best one of the whole the funniest one of the whole movie uh-huh. i thought which is what where he's like talking to the girl and like oh. talking about Oh, I hope this lady doesn't die. I'm trying, I'm trying to take a nap and hope she doesn't yeah. die loudly or whatever. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: I've just played golf and I want to have a lie down. <laughs> yeah. So um, so the synopsis is that um, in what this reality.
1: In the not too distant future, it said or something. Oh, is
0: that what it said? Something like oh, that. okay. So I thought it was just an alternative reality. Uh, but I, I, didn't, I missed that part. Anyways. No, I believe you.
1: It was pretty, Um, like, current times, though, kind of.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looked like our... I mean, there wasn't anything that was, like, futuristic or anything. It was just that their culture was very different from ours, where you had to be partnered up. And a lot of it wasn't really explained. You just kind of had to glean it from context. Right. I have no idea why, why it is that you could not live as a single person, but you had to be partnered up. And there's a special hotel that you can go to try and meet a partner. And if you don't find a partner, you're turned into an animal of your choosing, but that's it. And you can't be, you just can't be single.
1: What is it, 45 days you have? Yeah, yeah, 45 days to find
0: a partner or you're turned into an animal. I did not like it. I didn't like it. It was, it did have a few jokes, and I did actually like laugh out loud a couple times, but it was so, I wouldn't call it a dark comedy. I would call it a. Brutal It reminded <laughs> me of Death of Stalin, where it was just like there were a few jokes, but the rest of it was so incredibly dark that it was it actually like kind of haunts me to this day.
1: I think Death of Stalin was trying to be funny yes. more consistently. This really did just have a few comedic flourishes, but yeah. very much in the dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. Much more dark than comedy for sure. Way
0: more dark than comedy. I would give it it was but the like the look of it was very pretty and dreamlike to me so i thought it was gonna i don't know i thought it was gonna be better just like looked lush the colors were very saturated
1: i thought it was good overall like
0: the art direction,
1: um, like good cinematography Mm -hmm. like the lighting and color saturation and all those kind of things it was like it definitely like set the tone for the movie yeah and um i thought it was well done and the,
0: the acting was good
1: yeah good acting i thought it was like a good story like a darkly oddly interesting concept yeah Um,
0: all those things are true and as a sensitive person i i could not recommend it i just think it was a lot of it was way too harsh
1: it was harsh and um i mean good i guess focus because it was consistently just dark and dreary and like they never never really gave you any hope or any let-up, really. Like, it was just yeah, very... It's kind of monotonal in that way, yeah. I guess. Yes. But, um...
0: They even were monotone in the, the dialogue. The, the super deadpan, like, all of it. Right, right. Which I don't mind, but it was just everything else about it.
1: Well, the deadpanness is part of what made the little comedy things funny.
0: Yes, yes. Right. Because
1: they're saying in this deadpan way. And yeah. It's like... Yeah. Ridiculous thing there, you know, might be saying.
0: Yeah. So what did you rate it?
1: I give it three stars.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I would give it three stars to someone who likes something like that. But if you don't like stuff that's very, very dark, you will not
1: like it. I have similar, like, notes. I mean, it was good performances. Like, Like I said, interesting story and great, you know, cinematography and all that. But, man, just like the consistently oppressive like theme and vibe (laughs) was just like I definitely didn't feel good after it was over or anything which I mean you're not supposed to always feel good necessarily but
0: I agree that I don't watch every movie expecting to feel good but I do watch comedies expecting to get you know it was a
1: dark comedy but it was
0: (sighs) I think they
1: almost need to, more movies I watch, they need to give better descriptions. Like, dark comedy, there should be subgenres of that or something. Yeah, yeah. A Different terminology or something.
0: Right. Okay, because I wrote down a lot, I looked up dark comedies. Because I, I thought I liked dark comedies. And the last two, quote-unquote, dark comedies we watched, I was like, wow, this is freaking brutal. Maybe just a sign of the times. So everything is just, like, amped up a little bit more. Um, These are some of the, what they would call a classic dark comedy. Like, uh, must-see. So Fargo, The Big Lebowski, Heathers, Throw Mama from the Train, Election, Shaun of the Dead, Bad Santa, Adaptation, American Psycho, Fight Club, American Beauty, Slums of Beverly Hills, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and What We Do in the Shadows. Those are the ones that I've seen that were on the list.
1: Some of those I wouldn't call dark comedies. Yeah. Other than, like, I mean, whatever. What We Do in the Shadows is about vampires. But there's no real darkness to it.
0: It's pretty dark. There's vampires and werewolves.
1: Maybe dark lighting but it's always comedy it's always ridiculous
0: but a comedy about vampires is a comedy about murder i mean that's
1: but it's not i i, I would not, call that a
0: dark comedy for sure I there's a lot a of comedy. blood
1: there's no darkness to it though all the killing and stuff is like funny and like but
0: it's all based on murder and right killing people i guess you could that's that's to me what makes it dark. call
1: it a dark comedy then if you if that's your criteria
0: <laughs> well what about heathers would you call that a dark comedy yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I would. I mean, because it's like, well, you know.
0: What about The Big Lebowski?
1: I wouldn't call that a dark comedy, really. It's,
0: it's kinda... pretty dark, though. It's not light. It's
1: funny and a silly kind of story, <laughs> but done kind of about dark things,
0: maybe, I guess. I, that's what I think is a dark comedy.
1: Well, yeah. The
0: subject matter is dark, and then you tell a bunch of fucking jokes about it, and then it makes it funny.
1: To me, like something like The Big Lebowski and stuff is like amusing and funny, and like it's kind of dark, I guess.
0: So I was going to say... It doesn't one... feel
1: dark to me when I watch it. But if you yeah, read about it, not... I guess it sounds kind of dark. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, it's
0: obviously not the darkest comedy. So I was, I wrote down Fight Club and American Beauty and Slums of Beverly Hills, but I didn't really think of those as being dark comedies.
1: Did we see Slums of Beverly Hills? Yeah, we did. Okay, I don't remember that one. American Beauty was pretty dark, yeah.
0: But was it a comedy?
1: It was barely... I wouldn't call it a comedy, really. Though. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. In Fight Club... I don't think that was what a was comedy. funny about a fight club. I don't
1: know. I mean, I liked Fight Club, it was a good movie, but I definitely wouldn't call it a comedy. See, The Shaun of the Dead was hilarious. Yeah. It starts about zombies and yes. people eating, but it's not what's dark about it, though. There's killing, but not in a dark way.
0: <laughs> but a comedy is like, you know, uh, Happy Gilmore or something. That's like,
1: <laughs> I guess you could call it a dark comedy. I mean, I guess we disagree on the uh, terminology or whatever. <laughs> And Bad Santa too. That was like it's about a bad person and stuff. It's not like
0: it's very dark.
1: <laughs> well, that would be darker than Shaun of the Dead and well, you do the Shadows and stuff. Oh yeah, it's about scary, I think. But um, anyways,
0: <laughs> so I guess if you like that kind of movie, I would I would give it a higher rating because I, like like we said, it was well done. It was an original story. I did not see any of it coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, I Um, would definitely recommend it, but only to certain people. I mean, it's not for everybody for sure. I kind of... I would probably give it maybe... Three and a half? I don't know. It was a cool story and well done and stuff, but it just maybe because it left me not feeling very well. (laughs) I don't want to give it a higher rating. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad way of rating things. I don't know.
0: Right. So, spoilers. So, spoilers. Um... I mean, the movie starts off right off the bat with someone shooting a donkey at point-blank range. Like, with no explanation. Did they ever explain that? No.
1: Oh, I wonder if that was someone they knew who got turned into an animal.
0: Well, I I think that probably it was, but it still was like, eh? Right. Yeah. And then... um, Things that I just didn't understand a lot of it, like, uh, so you couldn't be alone, but then it seemed like you had to be matched up with someone who you had something in common with. Right. And it was like, one of the guys had a limp, so he was trying to find someone <laughs> with the limp, and he ended up hooking that's up... that's one of with, the
1: comedic flourishes, because that's absurd. absurd. I mean, really.
0: That is, <laughs> that is funny, but it also was like, I don't understand this world where you have to be hook, hooked up with someone, but... It can't just be someone that you like and you get along. They have to. So the one dude hooks up with the girl who gets bloody noses and he fakes having bloody noses so that right. they can be paired together. And it's like, why can't they just get together because they like one another or whatever?
1: That was the cultural expectation or something. It seemed like they just all went along with that. Like, yeah. okay, I guess, you know, we have to like be like each other. Right. Which but you're not really real like
0: each other just because you have a physical attribute. Right. That's silly. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> it, it makes no sense at all. And then another thing I didn't understand was, why couldn't they... So you have 45 days to find someone or else you're turning into an animal. Why don't people just fake it? Right. Uh, so our hero, Colin Farrell, and do we even know his name at all? I don't think they ever mentioned his name one time.
1: I don't know. I can't think of it.
0: Um, he His wife leaves him, and so right. he's like thrust into singlehood and has to find a partner. And um, he goes to the hotel and he's bringing along his brother who went to the hotel prior year and who didn't make it. And he's turned into a dog. So he has his dog with him. I guess maybe I
1: just have a constantly questioning mind. So like, I just like, so why do you have to be hooked up with someone? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just outlaw divorce? Why wouldn't they just, because it doesn't seem like they really care if you like the person or if you're happy as long as you're similar and stay together, I guess? Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that happens to people if they get into too many arguments, if they have relationship problems, then they're assigned to children. Right. Which they say usually like helps <laughs> out. And like everybody knows that does not help.
1: That's a big joke for sure.
0: For yeah. Sure. So um, Colin Farrell, they have to go hunt single people. And so they all get in the bus at whenever the alarm rings. And they ride out to the country and they have to go tranquilize. They call them loners. And bring him back to the hotel. And on one of the rides, he's seated next to that woman who's very chatty and, like, wants to hook up with them. Loves the dog. Blah, blah, blah. Why doesn't he just fake it with her? And fake a relationship? And just be miserable or whatever. But don't be an animal. Instead...
1: He had no interest at all, though.
0: He had no interest at all. And instead, tries to fake a relationship with the most heartless person there. Everybody warns him that she has no feelings, blah, blah, blah. And she is an evil fucking bitch.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) And... He pretends to be as evil as her so that they can be paired up.
1: And those were some of the funniest lines, though, when he was trying to pretend to be as bad as her.
0: Yeah, that was pretty funny. I actually thought that some of the funnier things were just, like, the absurd circumstances that they were in.
1: Yeah, and, like, the whoever the manager, whoever it is at the hotel, she has some pretty funny lines and stuff, too. (laughs) Yeah. Because it is just absurd. I mean, it's like... I guess that's the comedy part, like super dry (laughs) comedy where it's not like jokes per se.
0: There weren't really jokes. No. Oh, also I forgot, like before he even like hooks up with that lady, um, there's so many bizarre things in there. They're not allowed to masturbate right? and somehow they can tell when you do, but yet the freaking maid comes in and like (sighs) grinds on you every night and then you're not allowed to like masturbate or whatever. So, I did not know. Like Is this supposed to just make was, you
1: so desperate you're going to hook up with someone, I, I guess?
0: guess?
1: And then they, like, punish you severely if they find out you masturbate. Yeah. Because they, what was the, the one guy? Is it John C. Riley? Yeah. The lone American, I guess. In the movie yeah. Like. What they do? They stuck his hand in a toaster?
0: Yeah. <laughs> because he masturbated. Yeah. And he's, like, screaming. Oh, man. Like, please stop. Please love. Screaming. And they're, like, holding his hand in. And she's, like, that's not funny. It's kinda funny.
1: It wasn't in a very, very dark way. Like, I don't know. It seems like an absurd kind of punishment. Like if you're gonna torture someone, yeah. And they do it like in the restaurant at the table, they don't take them somewhere and torture them. They just bring this toaster out. Oh hey, you're jacking off. Give me your hand, you know, like (laughs) here. And he's of course begging, pleading to not, Yeah. I didn't think it was
0: funny. I was just like, oh my god, the fuck? Yeah. So then, um, the, so Colin Farrell pretends to be evil and heartless so that he can be paired up with this evil and heartless woman and they move to the couple's housing or whatever. Right. And then one morning she like wakes him up and tells him that she's like killed his brother. Right. And this is, I mean, it was like. The the, dog. Yes. Bro dog. I, I could. It was so that was harsh, man. so fucking dark. It still like haunts me.
1: They didn't show her doing it, right? But I mean,
0: no, they showed the aftermath and they showed her talking about it in just like a freaking detached way that was just like, oh my god, the fuck. Well, it
1: wasn't even that t- detached a way because she was trying to. She thought he wasn't really evil, so she was trying yes. to provoke him into.
0: I know, but the way the she colors. was describing how she basically kicked the dog to death. Yeah. And, oh, I hope I didn't wake you up. Cause he was making screams and then she's like mimicking his like whimpers and the shit. Sad, pathetic. Dog yeah. So crazy. Yeah. yeah yes. Right.
1: And she has blood splatter all over yeah. and stuff and oh, her God. shoes all bloody. And
0: Yeah. yeah
1: Sadly that, that bothered me much more than any of the, the humans getting tortured or anything.
0: Well, me too. It was <laughs> fucking awful. Horrible. Yeah. So then he like starts crying and then she realizes that he's not evil. So she wants to turn him in and he shoots her with the tranquilizer dart. One of the yeah maids like helps him out or whatever anyway he ends up being a loner and then that whole thing was freaking bizarre too and I think that the thing that really bothered me was just like the there was a lot of murder and like zero emotion
1: right it was very dead yeah but sometimes like well him and then the the woman he meets in the loner group yeah I mean they you know eventually fall in love or whatever yeah. basically right but I mean, you can see them struggling with like they want to show emotion, kind of, and they want to.
0: I'm talking do stuff. about the murder, the emotionless murder. There is oh. like no, like, not even rage or or they liked it or anything. It's just like yes. I do, It's something that we do. Passionless. Yes. Yeah.
1: So also, why? How are there all these loners? Those are all just people who have escaped because if they turn you into an animal. Yeah. Like there's that many people who escape and there's this pack of loners and is there always loners and they always go hunting? Is it, I mean, is it...
0: Well, maybe they don't all escape, but I mean, he turned himself into the hotel. So maybe it's people who've decided that they can't find anyone so they just go live in the woods outside right. the hotel. I mean, it's like I'm kind of close to that. Yeah. Because it's one of... The, the funniest joke that I thought was all of the bizarre animals that go wandering into frame. <laughs> not... Nobody notices them or pays any attention to them but they just wander by and it's cause at first you don't notice it because it's just like almost like normal and then it gets to be like weird like when there was the flamingo <laughs> yeah there's a couple other like kind of weird animals just like wandering I'm like oh my god that's that's funny but
1: it was a pretty twisted movie overall it was fucking I mean, twisted yeah but again it was like well done so it
0: was well I'm done I'm grappling
1: with how it like radio. I gave it three stars but then I kind of think it was more well done than three stars
0: hmm I don't know. Well, I mean, like I said,
1: if the intention, you know, of the artist is to make you feel that way, and you feel that way, isn't that like mean? It's really good.
0: Feel disgust. Yeah, or whatever. I just know that I felt I felt bad after watching it. I did not like it.
1: Yeah, it just leaves you with like a feeling of hopelessness or whatever, kind of dark and just oh man. Didn't I don't even do know anything. if it was.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say hopeless was the feeling I got. It was just like. Like, I had been assaulted. My, <laughs> my emotions have been assaulted. It's kind of like,
1: yeah, being locked in a dark room or something or, like, just some kind of, like... Yeah. I don't want to call it a punishment. I don't know. It was, like... It was rough. Well, then the end... Like, I didn't expect it to have a happy ending or right, anything. Right, right. But the ending was, I guess, in a way, it was kind of good.
0: So, Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz end up in a... Relationship, So the loners are not allowed to hook up. And upon, there's like...
1: Penalty of like, torture or something. Yeah, there's like, some yeah.
0: severe punishments for that. But they do fall in love and... What, they decide to, to run off or whatever?
1: They ran away together, yeah, basically.
0: Well, they didn't run away together first. They they were talking about running away together and then the leader found her diary and took her to... So one of the things that they had in common, Colin, Farrell, and Rachel Weiss is that they both, they said short-sighted, but we call it it nearsighted. Right. Um, So the leader took her to an eye doctor. I thought to get LASIK, but you could tell she knew something was up. Ended up, they fucking blinded her.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Yes. And. I need to take more notes right after, because I kind of forget (laughs) some of the things. I remember she got blinded, but I forgot how it went down.
0: Yeah, the fucking leader blinded her as punishment or whatever. Or maybe so that they weren't they didn't have anything in common. I'm not really sure. Cause then they were like trying to figure out things that they had in common that weren't being nearsighted. Right. Like, come on, you love each other. Why the fuck do you need to have something in common? Anyway.
1: Well they never really mentioned love in any of the yeah. culture or the story. It's all about just being paired up or That's partnered true. or whatever yeah. they call it, you know. Yeah. It's not like they say they're happy or they're in right, like, right. love or yeah. anything ever. That's true.
0: Um, so they decide that they're still gonna run away even though she's blind. Right. And yeah.
1: Well that that kind of gave me at least oh, like a slight glimmer of hope that it wouldn't be like a the total downer. I mean, we don't know what happened at the end, but basically they're in a restaurant, I guess, mm-hmm. or something. They decide that he has to blind himself so they can be similar, right? Yeah. And then he goes to the bathroom to do it in the in the restaurant. And then, like, the whatever final shot is just her sitting there alone. We don't know if he comes back. Yeah. If he bails, if he blinds himself.
0: Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. She was sitting there for, like, a little while. And and then that's it. to black. So, again, I don't understand if their culture demanded that if she was blind, he would have to be blind, too? I don't
1: know. There's no, like...
0: How they Very clear
1: know. things yeah. in the movie. It's all, it's pretty vague and stuff. Yeah.
0: It's
1: probably intentionally, I'm assuming, but.
0: I honestly cannot imagine gouging my own eyes out. And why would you even have to do that? Just like rub fucking some kind of plastic cleaner or something in your eye or go to the same doctor that performed this surgery and have it done to you.
1: Right. And this is f- weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty weird.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to bump it up from three to like three and a half because, I mean, it kind of was really well done, but it just left me feeling
0: bad. Yeah. I guess, I guess feeling bad after watching it isn't necessarily a critique of the movie because I do, like you said, I do feel like pretty much that was probably the intent of the movie. Right, right. I just couldn't recommend it because, like I said, unless you really like dark, dark things because it was very dark and you're not going to yeah. feel neutral or good after you're going to probably feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Well, if you feel good or if you feel neutral after, maybe you're as dead inside as they are. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Is that the big takeaway?
0: Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, I know that after that we had to um, have a little palate cleanser. (laughs) Yeah. To get the, the dark taste of that out of our mouth. And so we watched Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yep. Is that the name of it? Okay. Yes. And it's the Mr. Rogers. It's not really a biography. It's just a story that prominently features Mr. Rogers. Correct. Yeah.
1: Are you giving a synopsis or are we talking about?
0: We're going to give a synopsis, but okay. I just was clarifying. So do you want to give the synopsis? No, go ahead. Well, I think that you know more.
1: Um, so what was it about? Well, basically it's about this writer. He writes for a magazine and he's a investigative journalist, you know, does like the important, big, deep stories and stuff. And from what I gathered, his boss, the editor, like, thought he was having problems and people were sick of him. And he's mm-hmm. a pretty intense, hard-ass, I guess, journalistic type guy. So yeah. she, I guess, had complaints that nobody would let him interview them. So right. she was kind of giving him this little fluff piece about Mr. Rogers, which was supposed to be a short assignment um, for, like, a upcoming edition of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's For Esquire yeah. In magazine, yeah. And so it just tells the story of him meeting Mr. Rogers and what they do.
0: Yeah, and it's told, it's mostly about the journalist's life and then his interactions with Mr. Rogers and how they kind of like change his perspective. I thought it was good. I, I actually, I think probably like three stars. I know like it was like a lot of critics really liked it and I know people who liked it, but I thought it was a little bit sappy.
1: I thought it was sappy too, and I struggled with my rating on it. At first, I was yeah. definitely three stars. I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. But, I mean, the more I thought about it, like, whatever, overnight, the next day, and if nothing else, it, like, made me want to in- investigate Mr. Rogers more, mm-hmm. research Mr. Rogers, which is kind of like my MO. Whenever I, some sparks interest in me, I kind of follow up and get yeah. the backstory or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it wasn't really, it's kind of almost a misnomer because it's not about Mr. Rogers. Right. It's about this writer.
0: Yeah. I mean, yes. and, and
1: definitely the writer is like the star of the movie Yeah. And like the, I guess, protagonist, you want to, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And um, it's really just mostly about him. Yeah. Mr. Rogers is definitely a key factor in all the things that happened to him. But uh,
0: Yes, but it's not, like I thought it was a biography of Mr. Rogers and it, it's not that. Not at all. But it's actually not even really a story about the actual writer because it is a true story that this, you know, hard-boiled journalist was given this short story assignment for Esquire supposed to be 400 words or something ended up being 10,000 and they made it the cover story but it's not really a true story about him either because I also wanted to know more about it so I researched it and like in the well I don't want to give too much weight yet but it's it's not
1: I didn't research the writer I did read the article he wrote it was a good article yeah it was really good
0: so what did you end up rating it
1: I give it four stars. Oh, nice. I mean, I agree that Tom Hanks was kind of sappy. I especially thought so right when watching it and after. But then uh-huh. after, like, watching more Mr. Rogers stuff of him on film, it's like, it wasn't quite as sappy. I mean, Mr. Rogers really did seem to uh-huh. kind of always talk that way and didn't seem like it was an affectation or anything.
0: Uh I think that might have been one of the reasons why I dinged it a little bit because I know that Mr. Rogers was very soft spoken and he did have that like kind of wilting voice that was almost like he was trying to calm you down or whatever. But I just didn't think Tom Hanks nailed it. I honestly was thinking of Forrest Gump a lot of the time (laughs) because he (laughs) talked a lot like Forrest did where he was very clipped in his speech like this. And Mr. Rogers was much more flowy. and I mean, he did do that like up and down thing, but it was more like honey than...
1: Mr. Rogers' cadence is more, yeah, it's smoother, yes. less abrupt. Yes. But it's very, when he's actually talking, you can tell he's, he's talked slow and stuff and has pauses because you can tell he's like thinking about what he wants to say. Yes. Right? He's not just reacting.
0: Right, He's right, like right. really
1: thinking and like, you know, trying to figure out what he wants to say, right? Yeah. And it didn't quite come out that way yes, with Tom Hanks. I didn't
0: think so. My
1: notes on that were that the uh, supporting cast was very good. Yeah. I forget the the main guy, writer's name. Um, but he was really good. And like the, whoever played his wife was good. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah. And the dad.
1: The dad was really yeah Yeah. was really good.
0: Yeah. I also would take Uh, Umbridge with the I don't know if they were trying to make it look like TV but that's what it reminded me of that they were like it almost seemed like it was some after school special like video not film oh the whole vibe of it was kind of like that like some
1: right yeah I'm not sure I don't know enough about movie making I mean because the story was good yeah and like a lot of the acting was good Mm -hmm. yeah
0: I would probably give it I think three stars probably Maybe two and three
1: quarters. Uh, it's hard to judge my ratings. I gave it four stars. Right. But I don't think it was like all that well done. Kind of. It's hard for me to tell because uh, to me it was very, like Mr. Rogers was very inspiring to me. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed learning more about him. And I ended up watching a documentary about him and stuff. Right. And, uh, so that maybe is kind of clouding my judgment because the movie itself was,
0: it was good, but it wasn't.
1: Like great or anything i guess really although the story was good
0: yeah the story was good and i guess if i'm gonna lower my rating for the lobster based on how it made me feel versus the actual quality of the movie quote unquote mm-hmm. then i guess i could bump this rating up a tiny bit because it was it was a feel-good movie and even though it did have some flaws i thought I mean, I don't know though. The Tom Hanks thing was really hard to get over.
1: It's hard to it, like totally took me out, out of it. How we accurately rate them because it's so
0: well, it's that However, we feel, we're not like professional movie writers, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. I would try to rate it so that someone else who wanted to watch it would kind of like know,
1: right. Lobster made me feel sad, but it was well done. This made me feel good, but it wasn't all that well done. Right. So.
0: <laughs> if I had to watch one or the other again, it would definitely be the Mr. Rogers movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't need to watch either one again, personally. Yeah, but, um, right. Not only did I learn more about Mr. Rogers kind of in the aftermath, I wasn't for some reason really putting it together at the time I was watching it so much. But like, it's kind of, to me, the b- main plot of the story is this writer struggling with his own demons, most of which seemed to be based around his kind of hatred of his own father, right. and the way he was, you know, family was abandoned, left the mom, and yeah. like all these kind of yeah, harsh, terrible things. Um. So it's about him struggling with his like, lifelong relationship problems with his father, mm-hmm. and then ultimately, at the end, his struggle to try and forgive him before he dies, because the dad comes back around after years of not seeing, you know, him, and is basically trying to get forgiveness of some kind, or at mm-hmm. least explain, or he kind of he apologized and so that was like pretty deep and stuff. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. Just for me personally, the reason I kind of thought about it more was, everybody me somewhat of my own love-hate relationship with my dad when I was younger, especially, and like, and not the same scenario per se, but the same general kind of thing. My dad got terminally ill, and I definitely forgave him before he died, and I was always glad I did. And this time, I kind of reinforced that, I guess, or made me think about it a little more, and kind of how important that was. I think if I hadn't, I would have felt really bad forever. (laughs) So, and it's funny, like, because I never really watched Mr. Rogers as a kid that much. I mean, Mm -hmm. for some reason, I never really liked it. I mean, I knew about it, and I knew about certain parts of it from watching little bits of it because, I mean, I'm old and they didn't have that many TV shows (laughs) back when I was a little kid. So it's like, you kind of got stuck watching some stuff. But, um,
0: I wasn't even either a fan of Mr. Rogers that much when I was younger. It wasn't that exciting to me.
1: It was definitely a boring show. Yeah,
0: it was pretty boring.
1: And I was kind of always, and maybe I still am kind of, not ADD, but I'm whatever. I'm easily distracted yeah. and things and I was very <laughs> slow moving and Yeah. Maybe I tried to watch it when I was too old or maybe I was already too jaded when I was that age when I watched it or something. So I was, yeah, I yeah, I don't
0: rem I don't remember watching it when I was like a little little kid. I do remember watching it when I was older. Yeah. Not all old, like probably six or seven. Yeah. And I'm really kind of surprised that I didn't like it because I was a very sensitive kid. And the message is all about feeling good about yourself. But I more wanted to be entertained, maybe.
1: Yeah, because, like, thinking about it, on it, it probably would have, like, helped me a lot as a kid. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, I don't know. Yeah. But I really can appreciate it, like, now as an adult looking back. I mean, geez. The world definitely needs yeah. more of that kind of stuff. I agree.
0: Maybe it was because it would come on like after Sesame Street and I mean this I don't know. Sesame Street's a good show. They have good writing. It's like pretty interesting. It's it keeps your attention. It was more entertaining. Yeah. Definitely more yeah. entertaining.
1: Yeah. And it was educational of course. But then I mean learning about it and kind of looking at it now Mr. Rogers was very educational yeah. but it wasn't like Right. put like as as it's being educational. He's yes. just trying to kind of
0: it's More of an emotional kind of education, explain things yeah.
1: and like you know, yep, yep, in a way kids can understand and everything, yeah. Um, but man, Mr. Rogers is like, I don't know, very inspiring to me, I think, in a lot of ways. When you know, I follow up stuff and reading about him, and just all kinds of stuff. Uh, just this whole like kind of concept of like you know, these deep, simple beliefs he had, and like his just like hardcore commitment, like apparently throughout his whole life until he died. Mm-hmm. Like just always trying to help like everybody, even adults and kids and just like, I don't know. It was great. And maybe I don't, you know, I'm not a religious person, but uh and I found it interesting that I knew he was like a pastor or something like that. And it turns out he was a Presbyterian minister,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but never really talked about religion per se or anything. He just kind of yeah. like, took the good lessons from, like, his belief, which were, like, universal in a lot of religions, really, if you get past the dogma and the ideology yeah. and stuff, and just try to, like, like help people, people with them, home, basically. To do one task. It's kind of, to me, a lot more important and helpful than being an actual priest at church or something. I mean,
0: yes, I so. think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, well, like... With the other one, I would recommend it to certain people because I know it's not for everyone. Some people obviously aren't into the, this type of movie, but if you want a feel-good story, you'll definitely feel good after watching it. I
1: would highly recommend it. Actually, not so much that it was a great movie, but I think people need to kind of see it and see
0: yeah the things right.
1: that he believed in and tried to do and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if nothing else, just for that basic kind of general public good that I think
0: might come of it. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thank you for listening to What Are We Even Doing? We'd love to know your opinions on what makes a dark comedy. Call and leave a message at 619-352-0051 or check the show notes for other ways to participate. Bye!